Welcome to the Care to Change podcast. We are grateful to have you join us today. On this episode, we are continuing our series on mental health matters. You will hear April and our counselor Haley Haas talk about understanding anxiety and worry. Thank you for being a part of this conversation as we hope to offer you practical solutions for positive change. Welcome back, everyone. This is April Bordeaux. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we are in the middle of a series on mental health matters. It's May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. Hopefully you've been enjoying our uh, graphics and information and helpful resources that we've been putting out on social media. I want to give a shout out to our listeners in Asia today. Thank you so much wherever you are in Asia for listening to us. If you have comments or questions or would like additional resources, please let us know. We're here for you as well. I love technology and how it can connect us to the world. So thank you, Asia. We have already this month talked a lot about the brain and how the brain impacts our feelings and our thoughts and our behaviors. We've talked a little bit about addiction, and we've also talked about disturbing experiences and trauma. Today, we're going to talk about anxiety and worry and the brain. And so we really want to talk with you about what is anxiety and the difference between anxiety and, and just being worried. Not that anyone wants to experience either one, but we also know anxiety and worry is a reality of being human. And so what is it? How do you know when it's not just the common wondering if and it becomes a little bit more might need to have some sort of help involved? Uh, what's happening in the brain when someone is anxious? And what mostly can we do to calm an anxious or worried brain? So today we have a special guest with us. She's been with us before. So I'm always glad when she comes back. Haley Hast, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So glad that you're here. Uh, and for those of you listening, next week, our conversation is going to be about depression. So today, we're really focusing on anxiety and worry. So let's just jump right in. Haley, can you talk about the difference between anxiety and worry? Yeah, so worry um, kind of is like the lead way to anxiety sometimes. So that's where it can get very confusing as to which one am I having? Is it this anxiety that I can't get rid of or is it a situational worry type thing um, worry has this like feeling of uneasiness um, it allows our mind to kind of dwell on what is difficult or our troubles in the current present moment or what is coming up like say we're really stressed at work and we have all these things we have to do we might worry about how am I going to accomplish all of this um, you can see worry in um, lots of parents dropping off their kid for their first time at childcare. They're worried about how their day's gonna go, thinking about what kind of troubles might they have, what kind of difficulties, I'm not there, how are they gonna be comforted? So kind of those thoughts kind of come into your head as you're worrying about something. Anxiety, on the other hand, has this, it could be a real or perceived threat that is in your brain where it is causing you to feel not only uneasy and have kind of some of those worries, but also to feel some physical symptoms um, that your body tends to tell you, hey, I need to avoid this. 
Now, you may not recognize what those triggers are, or you may recognize them. So it's generally something that you're focusing on in the future or in the past. So something that's happened that you're worried is going to happen again, or something that hasn't happened and you're afraid something bad is going to happen. It's almost like this feeling of doom, like the shoe's about to drop. Mm. That's such a common uh, common emotion that people will say. They'll say, I, I'm afraid to really embrace the good of what's happening right now because I'm worried about what will happen next or I know if I'm in a moment of good something bad's about ready to happen how do you know when it's time to reach out and get help I would say that if you're having something that is constant in all different sorts of situations or is very localized because there's different types of anxiety that you can have. So let's say it's social anxiety. So if it's all social aspects of life, going to places that causes a lot of anxiety where you have this feeling that you're, that you can't shake and nothing seems to be working because you just don't know what is happening. I would say that's when you really need to reach out for help. Mm, That's good. That's good. So what exactly is happening in the brain that is an anxious or worried brain? Yeah, so when someone has anxiety in the brain, our amygdala is actually being turned on, which means our top part of our brain, which is where the critical thinking, the rational thinking is kind of turned off. And so that amygdala gets turned on because it perceives a real or potential threat. It's our survival mode. And so anxiety that turns on and then it causes all of our feelings in our body, whether that's a heavy chest weight like an elephant sitting on our chest or we have tummy aches digestive issues feel shaky have trouble concentrating like so many things that our physical body can feel because our amygdala has turned on and it's something that's hard to get that top part of the brain to fully come back on and what are some things that someone can do when that part of the brain is activated and someone is feeling extra anxious so that it doesn't go into panic because that's just Mm -hmm. Sort of like on a continuum, there's worry, then there's anxiety, and then there's panic, right? So what are some things someone can do to to really come back to calm state? Yeah, so the first step would be recognizing what's happening in your body. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we don't even recognize that it is anxiety Mm -hmm. because it's something that, you know, we use the term anxiety a lot. Mm -hmm. So to really know, okay, is this tummy ache or this like feeling of, this heaviness on my chest, what is this coming from? So really knowing what our body is doing first. And then from there, we can do like different breathing exercises, like box breathing, or the 7-Eleven breathing technique, which that one's probably the easiest breathe in slowly seven times, exhale slowly for 11 seconds, um, to try to ground ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favorite things to do is like the five senses grounding technique. Mm -hmm. So you're naming five things that you can see four things that you can hear, three things that you can touch, two things that you can smell, and one thing that you can taste. Because the goal with anxiety is to give ourselves back to the present Mm -hmm. so that we know that we're grounded in in this moment, and in this moment we're not. There's no threat because our brain is telling us that there is one, either coming or has been there, and we have to be on alert. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times what people don't realize is this, this, uh, you said the 7-Eleven breathing technique, people don't often realize that we are our bodies when we're holding our breaths or not taking deep breaths, exhaling deep breaths, that our bodies, our brains are dropping cortisol, the stress Mm -hmm. hormone, which can 
produce anxiety. And so one of the best things we can do when we begin experiencing anxiety is actually to focus on the breathing, like you said, and you mentioned the 7-Eleven, one of them that we talk about a lot here is the four square breathing, mm-hmm. where you breathe in for four seconds, you hold for four seconds, you breathe out for four seconds, and then you stay empty, your belly stays mm-hmm. empty for four seconds. So it's a very controlled, because when we're breathing out, our brains won't drop more cortisol. And so it gives our bodies a chance to sort of come back to steady So the moment that you begin to recognize it, like you said, the heart starts beating faster, the racing thoughts, those kind of things, that's the the moment to say, okay, I want to focus what's happening with my breath right now. Pay attention to the five senses, ground ourselves, you know, put our feet on the ground, um, and then really focus on that breathing. And that can help bring somebody back to calm. I love the quote that someone said at some point, I don't know who it was. So if you're listening and it's you, let us know so we can give you credit for it. But the quote is never in the history of ever has someone said, has telling someone to calm down ever, you know, Mm -hmm. had them to calm down. So when you see someone getting anxious to say to them, just calm down, um, you know, it just doesn't work. Just Mm -hmm. to say to somebody, calm down. Um, really just makes them more mad (laughs) right has the opposite effect so if you see someone that's going into panic or having a lot of anxiety just calm down just calm down that's usually how it's said really could just make matters worse so focusing on the breathing coming back to present those are really great um, practical strategies that someone can use yeah and if someone you know is the one that's going through the anxiety you can actually remind them or model it for them Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes there you can give them a hug or hold them and Mm -hmm. that will help ground them other times that's not what people want so kind of read the room or know the person Mm -hmm. um, because that can confinement can make them more anxious right Um, but you can definitely do things like rubbing people's backs or kind Mm -hmm. of like tapping their backs alternating hands can kind of help them also yeah ground themselves Ginger, one of our um, health and wellness counselors here who leads a a group, a a yoga group. It's based on yoga, but it's a trauma-informed group. Um, Yoga for mental health or calm breathing group, whatever we, Mm -hmm. whatever we're going to call that. The, that group, um, I know one of the strategies she uses in that class is, and if, if, I don't know if we can do this so that listeners can understand this, but crossing your hands across your arms, sort of like you're going into a stance where you're angry, but crossing your hands and then lightly squeezing the tops of your arms and then squeezing where your elbows are, squeezing your um, forearms down to your hands and sort of like a massaging of the arms uh, yourself. Again, that um, that touch and you're the one in charge of how what the pressure is for that can bring somebody back to a calming space. Uh, reconnecting with your body. So she recently did that in one of our intensives that we had uh, with women. And it's a helpful tool for people to use again, that grounding, a grounding Mm -hmm. way to come back to steady, uh, a steady place. So um, that was a great, great example that she brought in as well. So what are some things if you have a loved one that's experiencing anxiety, we just said not to say, just calm down. What are some things that um, are also unhelpful that we tend to sometimes say, or do? Um, One of the things that I've noticed 
um, is that people will also start panicking because mm. sometimes you can have big reactions when you have mm-hmm. high levels of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it does kind of feel like you're having a heart attack or it feels like something really is seriously wrong with your body. And so not panicking mm-hmm. as the person who is like watching and trying to help is really key. Mm. Um, that's why I said earlier, like model that breathing, mm-hmm. not only for yourself to ground yourself, but mm-hmm. also to help them remember, hey, look, I'm here with you. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you kind of just have to allow them to go through the wave of anxiety because we have intense periods. Mm-hmm. So kind of just sitting there and reminding them like, hey, I'm right here. I can pray for you. Mm-hmm. I'm here for you. You just tell me if there's anything you need um, or offering them stuff like here, let's drink this little bit of water. Or let's drink some lemonade to get a different taste in our mouth so that our brain can be like, oh, look, I'm here Mm -hmm. with this lemonade versus wherever our brain is taking us in the future or the past. I love that you're saying that. um, And I I was thinking about parenting and how many parents we have that come in and they have um, younger kids or even teenagers. Mm -hmm. And something that we often say is, you know, you it is impossible to regulate your children if you're you yourself are not regulated, right? And mm-hmm. so like you said, the big emotions, we want to try to take charge or, you know, calm down or whatever. And if we aren't regulated, there's no way that we're going to be able to regulate the environment. And so if you see someone that's dysregulated or feeling anxious, um, to model that regulation, and sometimes even saying, breathe with me, mm-hmm. um, listen to my breath, breathe with me, it helps to co-regulate, especially younger kids. breathe with me, you know, um, and doing that in a calm way um, can be helpful. And kids listening to like their parents' heartbeat Mm -hmm. is really helpful too. We kind of forget after they're newborns Mm -hmm. where they're listening to your heartbeat to regulate their breathing and they regulate their heart rate that way. We forget that that's also soothing for our toddlers and our elementary school kids for them to just kind of give you a hug Mm. and listen to that heartbeat. It's comforting because that's all they've known when they were in the womb. Mm -hmm. So it helps ground them as well. So perfect. What resources would you give to listeners who want to know more about uh, anxiety versus worry versus what's happening in the brain and, and tools that people can use? So my two favorite resources are Anxious for Nothing by Max. Is it Lucado? Yes. Lucado. Lucado. Um, and then Soundtracks by John Acuff. Mm. I know I've mentioned that book a few times on here, yes. <laughs> but it's like one of my favorites because with anxiety, overthinking can happen really, really quickly and kind of spiral. And so that book is really helpful for overthinking as well. There's also one called Spiritual Practices for the Brain, mm. and it integrates ways to engage the brain um, through spirituality to, uh, to help calm and regulate as well. So if you're a person of faith listening, spiritual Mm -hmm. practices for the brain is another one that's super helpful in that regard too. Haley, thank you so much for joining us as always. I'm so glad that, uh, that you're here. If you're listening and you are one that says, I have an anxious brain, or I definitely feel anxiety. I know that it's more than worry. I probably should reach out. I'm not sure where to even start one thing not to shame yourself and Mm -hmm. saying why can't I fill in the blank that's not going to be helpful to you Um, have some self-compassion and say that this is part of the human experience and so we are in this together we're walking this journey with you if you want to reach out Haley is one of our therapists she's on at our north side location in north indy 
And so um, Haley is one of our therapists that can help you with that. We have we have dozens of therapists that are well-trained in this area of anxiety and grounding and connection with yourself. And so we welcome a phone call or an email from you if you want to schedule an appointment just to say, all right, I don't know what to do. Just give me some tools. Help me understand. It doesn't mean you're in therapy for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it could be deeper than that. It might be, I know the reason why I'm anxious and I want to get down to the bottom of it. And so maybe it might take a little bit longer. I don't know what your situation is or what's making you listen. But what I do want you to know is that you don't have to suffer alone. The people that you love don't have to suffer. That um, anxiety is something that's completely treatable. Panic attacks do not have to be crippling. Um, There are practical solutions for you um, so that you can live a healthy and thriving life. So please reach out to us. And we have other podcasts on this topic that will include in our show notes, some links to those as well. Again, Haley, thank you so much for joining us next week. We'll be talking a little bit about depression and the brain with Brittany Gibson. And so again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you again for joining us for this episode of the care to change podcast where we offer you practical solutions for positive change. Check out the show notes below to see resources mentioned in today's episode. You can follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and YouTube to hear more about our conversation topics. If you have any questions from this episode or would like to hear more, please reach out to us on our care line at 317-979-7133 or email us at help at caretochange.org. We hope you found this episode helpful and invite you to join us for more of our podcast conversations.